have a little bit of fun this morning, and we're going to need some volunteers as we go through this. Uh, the first volunteer that I need has the biggest part, and they're going to help me the whole morning. And no, I'm not putting them on the hot seat, Mark. So uh, I need a volunteer. And uh, Rich, you're right here. Would you help me, Rich? Okay, and you're going to get up, and you're going to be walking around a good bit this morning. Is that your back feeling good? You okay? Okay, just go ahead. You don't have to lift anything. Stand up and just come up here for a second. And here's what we're going to do. Uh, we've been talking about experiencing God over the last couple weeks. So what I would like to do is, Rich, I want you to represent all of us and all of humanity. Now, if you think that's a big job, I'm going to take a bigger job, okay? So you're going to represent all of humanity, and what you're doing is you're just going through life like, you, like all of us would go through life, all right? So what I'd like you to do is just start walking around the outside of the sanctuary as much as you can, okay? Uh, don't, not in the center aisles, but just go around. Yeah, just start walking because, go ahead, walk, because you're representing all of us just journeying through life. Now, me, on the other hand, I'm going to represent... God. Now, please, I'm not God, okay? I'm not like him. I'm working to become more like him, uh, but I'm going to be play the role of God this morning, and uh, uh, so uh, here's what we're going to do. God is going to have some conversations with humanity today. So the very first thing, as Rich, as you're walking, uh, you're walking through life, we're doing our thing, you're doing your thing, um, you may have no real understanding that I'm even up here and that I'm doing things because you're just, you're busy about life, raising family, raising kids, being Miss Nurse at the school, Mr., I'm sorry, Mr. Nurse at the school, okay, I can help you walk, but I'm sorry, that's on you, all right? So uh, you're just going about your life. But at some point, God calls out to Rich. Hey, Rich. Hey, hi, Rich. Okay. And as God calls out, he starts talking to him, and uh, Rich starts listening a little bit. You can keep walking, okay, because we're just talking. And, I, and you become aware that there is a God and that this God maybe is doing stuff and is going about things. So, so Rich, how are things going? Good so far? You enjoying your walk? Yeah. Life okay? Yeah. All right, that's wonderful. All right. And there starts to be this little bit of a relationship as God calls out. And as he calls out, he begins to uh, call him to move into a relationship with him. So God calls out in a way that is, is going to uh, cause you to want to come to know me. Okay, so Rich, I'd really like to get to know you. Would you like to get to know me? All right, well, I would love to have you do that. Now, in order for Rich to move into a relationship with me, he's going to have to pay a toll. It's not a free thing. There's a toll. So, Rich, the way to me is right down the center aisle. So if you want to come... Now, hold on a second. Um, Kathy, I need you to be a toll booth operator. Just stand up and move over into the center aisle, and don't let Rich come down the center aisle. Okay, thank you. Oh, that's awesome. And Linda, I'm going to have you active too because I need you moving a little bit because I'm going to start moving as well. So you're going to have to follow us online. It's going to get everybody online dizzy and sick. Whoa, stop the camera. Okay, so Rich, hey, I'd love to have you come to me. Come on up. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, there's a toll booth operator in the way. And here's the thing. This is the reality. 
God calls for us and God wants us to come in a relationship with him, but there is a cost involved. There is a price that has to be paid in order for Rich to uh, come up to me. And I tell you what, I know that there's a cost involved, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pay for it. Michelle, could you just run that back for me and pay the toll booth operator so that uh, Rich can come up? She's the only one that's going to make money this morning, toll booth operator. Okay, so... All right, so I'm paying the debt for you. I'm paying that. Yeah, give it to the toll booth operator and come on up. All right, so toll booth operator, thank you. Good job, toll booth operator. And now Rich can go back about his life, but we're now in relationships. So now we're doing things together. And um, so I tell you what, since we're in relationship, let me walk with you. Is that okay? okay. All right, so how's life? How kids? Great, great. Kids good? All right. Anything new happening in life right now? Advancements on the job front, nothing changing there. Bomb threats at your school? Oh, okay, not yours. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's over at the junior high. Yeah, we called them in there. <laughs> that's sort of goofy. So, you know, it's really fun. I like walking with you. This is nice. Nice journey here. We should do this sometime at the park, you know. Place is a little nicer, maybe. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, all right. Oh. 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 Wait, we're walking together. Stay with me. Stay with me. <laughs> All right. If we're going to walk with God, we've got to stay with God, right? And sometimes we get behind him. Sometimes we get ahead of him. Sometimes we even get distracted. Why don't you go over and talk to Volition a minute, give her a high five or whatnot. And see, we get distracted. Don't sit down. You're still going. And we can get distracted by all sorts of things in life. God's still moving. And here's the neat thing. God loves us so much. Hey, Rich, come on, catch back up here. Come on over. Yeah, just cut through now. Cut through. This is the God's road, so we can, we can go on God's road here. Hi, people. <laughs> hey, let's go backwards. Let's go this way. And see, as we walk through life, our job is to stay with God. And wherever God's going, we walk with him. You know, so if I go a different route, let's go this way. And let's go this way. And let's go over here. All right. Is this fun? It sure is. Kids, kids would love this, you know. Ooh, this is so cool, Pastor John. <laughs> now, as we're going through life, let's pause for just a moment here. Let's freeze, okay? So we'll just freeze right up here. Here's sort of what's happened. So God's been at work. God was doing things. Rich didn't know it. Rich, I called him into a relationship. I invited him. I paid the cost. By the way, um, how did the cost get paid? All right, so who was Jesus this morning? So, Michelle, Jesus, I need you to continue helping me because Jesus said, I'm going to go away and prepare a place for you, and if I go, I'll come back and take you to be with me. And so we're going to make this heaven up here, okay? So come on up, and you're, you're back in the kingdom of heaven, and just be working up there. So you can, like, you know, pick up the music, yeah, straighten up. Since you're the worship leader, I don't have to tell you this. Don't unplug things. Bad idea. 
okay? But you can move chairs around or want to just be working up there because Jesus is there. So Jesus goes back up to heaven, and then I've called Rich. He's accepted it. He's had a crisis of belief. He had to pay, do I believe that God can save me? And death is the big payment that needs to be made. Jesus paid for that death, that penalty of death on a cross. And so Jesus, uh, Rich then came up, and we're now together. So we're in relationship, and we're able to walk a little bit together. So let's walk a little more, okay? Because we're in relationship now. Now, here's the thing. A lot of Christians think that that's it, that I got my ticket to hell paid so I don't have to go there, and got my ticket to heaven paid so I don't have to go there, or I can go there, sorry. Um, And basically, what I'm doing now in life is just sort of hanging out with God until I die, and once I die, then I get to go to heaven. So everything's good to go, you know, and I'm just sort of waiting to die. It sounds sort of morbid, but that's a way a lot of churches and a lot of Christians live. Is, is heaven and Jesus and all the spiritual stuff is just about heaven and hell, about death and death issues. Jesus had something different to teach, though. Jesus said it's not just about dying. It's about how we're walking now, and it's about what we're doing now. And this is what we've been talking about over the last couple weeks. I'm getting to work. I'm sort of winded. Yesterday, anybody else lose sleep? Did you lose sleep last night? I did not invent that time change thing, by the way. It wasn't my idea. Don't know who came up with that one. All right? It wasn't my idea. So we live this way. And it's interesting. Dallas Willard, this was one of his complaints and one of his things that he said is is very peculiar about the way that we do the Christian life. And he said, in in the Christian world, we have a major problem because we have separated our spiritual lives from the reality of our day-to-day lives. We've separated them because we we put spiritual stuff all on this, this heaven and hell plane, and we take spiritual stuff all out of the earthly plane. And it's interesting because if you read, and I'd encourage you to do it, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus' words, he spent most of his time talking about real-life issues, and he spent very little of his time, very little of his words did he talk about heaven and hell. In fact, go through it. Go through the, the scriptures. You'll find Jesus didn't talk a whole lot about heaven, and he didn't talk a whole lot about hell. Now, he did, but not much. Most of what Jesus talked about was this, this journey. Okay, so we're on this journey together. Now we're going to experience, I want you to really experience me. So come on up here a little bit. All right, let's just step up here. And I want to show you all that I am doing, okay? So here is the mass of humanity. Are you two, do I need to stay six feet or you okay? I'm not going to like spit on you. Okay, all right. I want to show you the, the mass of humanity. And I want, to, I want you to see a little bit of what I'm doing. You, you see Tom over there? Isn't it great to see him back in church? I have been doing stuff in Tom's life. He doesn't even know all that I've been doing for him and with him. You know, it's pretty cool. And, and I could show you a few things. Um, uh, oh, you see, you see Michelle over there? She's taking great notes. Isn't that so sweet? That's awesome. All right. But Michelle, I have been working in her life. I have been building this heart and passion of hers for women's ministry so she can help out at LifeSpring and get more ladies and young moms involved in spiritual growth. So I've been working in her life. Um, He's not old, but old Ray. (laughs) His body's not doing so good. 
but I'm keeping his spirit alive, and, and he still has stuff that he can do for the kingdom, and, and so I'm working in Ray's life, and oh, Bobby up here, you see Bobby? Don't you love that ponytail? That cool, <laughs> it looks so cool. I gave him some incredible music abilities, you know, and, you know, and then I asked him, I made a way possible for him to play on the worship team, and I've been opening that door up. You know, I am doing so much with so many people. Isn't this exciting? Let's, keep, let's walk amongst humanity here a little bit. I got a question for you. If you're seeing what I'm doing, would you like to help me? Sure. All right, I'd love to have you help me a little bit. Um, here's what I'd like you to do. I would like you, mm, I'd like you to play piano in worship. <laughs> what? I don't know how to play piano. But the, I'd like you to play piano for us. Okay, um, so you're saying you can't play piano. If I helped you learn to play piano and gave you some ability, would you be willing? And, and I'd like you to play for worship because I want to give you some ability so that other people can enjoy what you're... Wait a second. Make sure my son's working. My son's not doing much. Okay. All right. So I, I would love to have you play piano for us. Um, why aren't you playing? I, I don't have a piano and I haven't taken any lessons or anything. Oh, so you're saying it's going to cost you something? What would, okay, let's start, let's, let's back up a little bit here. If you're going to play piano, then what would it take for you to play piano? It would take a, uh, I'd have to take lessons. I'd have to get a piano to practice on. Okay, all right. I'd have time to, to do it. And... Okay. Well, let's see. Um, Jesus, Michelle, you're a piano teacher, right? So what, what, what would it cost, Rich, just ballpark? Because you've taught piano lessons for years. What would it cost? Discuss this. If you go to LifeSpring, there's a deal. But otherwise, it's about 18 bucks a lesson. And how often would he have to take a lesson? Well, if you want to get good quick, every week. But adults, sometimes we're kind of lenient every other week. Okay, so, yeah, okay, so you'd have to take lessons. That'd cost some money. You'd have to pay for that. Okay, I might be able to handle that. And I was able to pay for your toll, right? Okay, I, so we could probably pay for that. Um, can you carve out some time to do it? I mean, it's going to take some practice. Probably. Okay, okay. Brave enough to get up in front if you get some skill? Yeah. All right. All right. All right, so you're in? I guess. Okay, okay. All right, so I want you to start now. I want you to play piano. Sounds like a great deal. You're not playing piano. I haven't done it yet. I haven't done anything yet. But I want you to start now. Come on now. What? What? I don't have a piano or anything. And... <laughs> Look what God made us here. Rich. I'm really not, I'm really not prepared. <laughs> so you really don't want to help me and what I want to do. (laughs) 
All right, we'll just keep walking. It's going to be a long service now. Because we're going to wait on Rich to play piano. No, I just asked him to play. I didn't tell him to be, you know, Liberace or something or, you know. You acting nervous. Here, I got your back, okay? I'm with you, man. I want to help you. Okay. All right. start. Wow. He's getting better already. He is. Now, where'd you learn that at? Did you just make it up? You used to take lessons? Oh, I was going to say, he took lessons See, well, and didn't tell us? Great. Okay, good All right. job. All right. Okay, I'm pretty impressed. Okay, so. Well, I tell you what, you know, I have invested different people with all sorts of different talents. And uh, did you do that? <laughs> it's the same thing you're doing, just do it a little more fun. He's getting better already. <laughs> Worship team, here we come. You see, I've invested all sorts of people with all sorts of different talents. And even the place where, Rich, they don't have talents... I'm big enough to give it to you. Do you really believe that? I did that with somebody else. I did that with Michelle a long time ago and asked her to play piano. Um, Jesus, why don't you bring a chair over for Rich so he can just sit down and not be so nervous right now. And I have to hear about this all next week. But um, yeah, yeah, just put it over here next to the piano. You don't need to put it right behind the piano because uh, I want us just to spend a moment listening to somebody that I invested in, and they said yes, and now they have some talent. So let, let's hear a little something.
back over, Rich. Did you enjoy that? I enjoyed that. Someday. Someday, right? Yeah, someday. All right. All right. What we just did is we walked through experiencing God. So I want us to look at this, and then, Rich, I'll have you sit down in just a second. So God is always at work, and the cool thing about God is he loves us so much that he invites us to see what he's doing to see what he's doing in the lives of other people. And we pointed out Tom and Michelle, people here in the church, but God will also point out people not in the church and say, I'm working over in this person's life. And at that point, what God's wanting is just to be in relationship with us. And the more that we know each other, the more that I'm, I can show you what's happening and the more that I can point out as we move into relationship. And then eventually what's going to happen is God's going to invite us into his work. He's going to ask us somehow to step in and help him in what he's doing. It might be pay, play piano. It might be teaching a course. It might be discipling someone else. It may be just helping someone else with a problem that they have, maybe with their car or uh, with their house, just getting involved in somebody else's life. So God invites us, and then he speaks to us specifically, and that was the actual invite. The, when I said, I want you to play piano, so God, the burning bush, when God God told Moses, I want you to go set my people free. And then we come to that crisis of belief, and you acted that out perfectly. When you were like, uh, what? Uh-uh, you know? And that's exactly what we go through, isn't it? God asks us to do something, and we were like, what? You sure? I don't know. I don't know if that's what you really want. I don't know if I can do that with my finances. I don't know. But then after we move through that crisis of belief, and in that crisis of belief, we start talking about cost. What's it going to cost to learn to play piano? What's it going to cost me? But somewhere along the line, you've got to stop doing what you've been doing, just that nice walk. You have to actually adjust your life. He's going to have to pay the price. He's going to have to take the lessons. He's going to have to practice. So he's got to look at the adjustments. And then finally, you've got to just obey you, you got to step up. And here's a cool thing. When we step up, we step into the kingdom. And this is what, what Dallas Willard was saying. When we move from this realm and we step up here, you stepped into the kingdom. And it's at this point that Jesus said, I'm going to go away and I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to enable you to do whatever you need to do as part of the kingdom of being up here. And so Michelle, Jesus, was able to help you play a little piano thing, okay? A little bit of ding, 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 and whatnot. And then we get to experience God doing amazing things. And we got to listen to Jesus play piano this morning. We got to listen to Michelle. So this is the full realm of experiencing God. Let's give Rich a round of applause. You did an awesome job. Jesus did an awesome job. I like the toll booth operator because the toll booth operator gave me my money back. So she did an awesome job as well. <laughs> that could play in the tithes and offerings so easily. Right? <laughs> We won't go there this morning. That's for another day. I want to talk just a couple minutes this morning because we've already laid, walked through all of this. But we're walking through this morning the last two pieces of experiencing God. Next Sunday, we're going to come back to this. We're going to wrap it all up uh, because this is a cycle, by the way, that keeps going on and on and on in our lives. This was the cycle that was going on when you came to know Jesus Christ if you've made that decision. 
But this is the same cycle that keeps repeating itself in our lives. And next Sunday, we're going to talk more about that. But this morning, these last two things, adjust and obey and experience. If we are going to experience God and we're going to walk with Him in doing what God is doing, if we're going to partner with Him, we've got to adjust our ways. We cannot go on living like we've always lived and expect to join God in what He is doing. We have to step into what God is calling. This is a huge problem in the Christian world today. We have a lot of Christians, and Rich, you did this so well. I couldn't have, I couldn't have asked for you to do that any better. We have a lot of Christians and a lot of churches that have heard from God. They've walked through the crisis of belief. They know this is what God's asking them to do, but then churches tend to forward it to committees to figure out. Or we as Christians step back and like, I don't know, I'm not sure, and we, we banter back and forth whether this really is God's calling on our life. I don't know if I can do this. And the whole time, God is saying, but I'm here. And if I've asked you to do this, I will enable you to do this. And so we keep flopping back and forth from the adjustment to the crisis of belief. I know I need to adjust some things, but then I flip back into the crisis of belief, but I don't know. Christ had a different thought on all of this. When we come to enter into relationship with God, our lives must radically change. You cannot walk with God and continue walking with the world like you always have. There's a change. And now in salvation, we call this repentance. If you want to add a big word to it, you're going this direction. You've got to change directions. You've got to go a different way. You've got to go through that crisis and adjust the way that you're going. But the same thing is true as we grow in our faith. You can't keep on doing the same old, same old things in the same old way and expect to join God in what he's doing. When God calls you, there is going to have to be some adjustments made. And I can guarantee that at the very point that you refuse to make adjustments is the very point that your spiritual life will grind to a halt. When you tell God no, your spiritual life will not move beyond, no matter how many church services you go to, how many Bible studies you attend, how much scripture you memorize, you will not move on when you tell God no, that is where you will stop. And we get hung up there. But God, I don't know that I want to do that. Maybe God's calling you instead of retirement to go work on the Indian mission field as a missionary. But God, I'm retired. I worked my whole life to have this and this and this, to go see the world, to kick back and enjoy. I, no, I don't want to do that. I can tell you what, you're, you're done spiritually. You're going to stop right there. Because God's asked you to move, and if you say no, that's where it ends. When God moves, you need to move. When God asks, you need to move with him. And we can get wrapped up in this. He may ask you to do a Sunday school class. He may ask you to clean the church. He may ask you to, well, luckily, we don't have to mow the lawn. MTD does that. I don't know what God's going to ask you to do. But when he asks and you say no, until you resolve that, you're done spiritually. That's where you're going to stop, right there. So we have to adjust our ways. This is where the rubber meets the road. Are we willing to adjust what we're doing in order to walk with God? Now, once we've figured out all those costs, and by the way, I don't want to um, just uh, be some pie-in-the-sky preacher. When God asks you to do something, it is going to cost you. There's nothing free about following Jesus. Salvation's free. Jesus, God took care of all of that. 
But when God asks you to move for him, when God asks you to adjust, there is going to be cost involved, maybe a financial cost, maybe sacrificing that retirement dream. It may be overcoming your fear to step out in faith. Remember the Indiana Jones movie and taking that step of faith. When God calls, there's going, to, there's going to come with that a cost. It may cost your family, but I want you to think about this. Not following God comes at a greater cost. And I talked about that last Sunday. We have two nations that have been at war since the time of Abraham because Abraham and Sarah, more so, wasn't willing to step over the line and pay the cost of faith. And the child that was born sort of semi-illegitimately and the natural child, Ishmael and Isaac and their families have been at war up to this day in the Middle East. There is a cost in not following God, and it's a greater cost, I think. So we have to adjust our ways. And then the very last step is once we're, we've come to that place, okay, I'm ready to adjust. I know the costs. I'm going to make them. We actually have to obey. We actually have to do what God has asked us to do. We can talk about what God has asked us to do. Here's where we can fail as a church a little bit. We can talk all about what God wants us to do and then never do it. This could happen with the, um, with the gift bag things, the um, welcome bags. We can come up with all sorts of ideas and plans. We can come up with the stuff. We can put them in a bag. But if we never get to the place where we're willing to go knock on a door and drop them off, we have not fulfilled what God's asked us to do. And see, we can talk about it. We can committeeize it or committeeize it to death. We have to step out in obedience. And Jesus had a few things to say about this. And I just want to read a couple passages of Scripture to you here this morning. This is Jesus' words. These are Jesus' words, not mine. But listen, this is Matthew chapter 7, verse 21-23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? And then I'll announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. This year, there's going to be a lot of people that's going to come up to God and say, I've been doing a lot of great things. And God's going to, that's not what I asked you to do, though. And what I asked you to do, you wouldn't do. So I really don't know who you are. Jesus also said this, Luke chapter 6. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And it isn't like Holy Lord. This is like Lord as in Master Lord. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and then don't do the things that I say? I will show you what someone is like who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them. He is like a man who builds a house, who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when the flood came, the rivers crashed against that house and could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And the river crashed against it, and immediately it collapsed, and the destruction of that house was great. Another one of Jesus' teachings is some of his words. If you love me, keep my commands. Pretty straight up. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. 
Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live in you also. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. This was a beautiful picture of that this morning. When Jesus comes into our lives, he gives us commands. Rich, I want you to go play piano. But he doesn't abandon us and say, good luck with that now. He brings his spirit. He brings Jesus. He brings the spirit alongside of us to accomplish what God has asked them to accomplish. And as long as we are willing, we're going to play some beautiful music and experience God. But we can also say no. I'm not going to do that. John the apostle picked up on this as well. And in his writing, 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6, he said it about as plain as anyone. This is how we are sure that we have come to know him, by keeping his commands. The one who says, I've come to know him without keeping his commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word truly in him, the love of God is perfected. This is how we know we are in him. The one who says he remains in him should walk as Jesus walked. You can't continue business as usual or stay where you are and go with God at the same time. It's impossible. When God calls to us, we must obey, which is literally where the rubber meets the road, not just the process of it starting to hit. This is where the tires laid down and the streak of the, the smoke starts and the rubber starts to be laid on the concrete. This is where the rubber meets the road. Am I going to do what God has asked me to do? Last, what was it, about three, four weeks ago now, that Indiana Jones clip with that bridge that he couldn't see, that point is where we take the step and it is at that point when we step out in faith, when we do what God has asked us to do, that the bridge becomes a, a visible to us. We begin to see and experience what God can and could and is doing. Do we trust God enough to take the step of obedience and step out in faith? I'm going to end in an unusual way this morning. Usually I'll start with Scripture and then break it all down, and then we'll talk about it the rest of the service this morning, I want to send you out with some scripture. And if you want to look this up, it's a fascinating scripture where all this gets played out right before us. 1 Kings chapter 19. Get over there. 1 Kings 19, and I'm going to start with verse 19. So 1919, and read about a paragraph or two here. Let me set this up a little bit just so you have a little background so you don't have to read chapters and chapters and chapters. But basically what's happened is up to this point in 1 Kings, we have the prophet named Elijah with a J, okay? So Elijah. And if you remember, Elijah was God's man on the spot. He was the guy who got in the fight. First, he stopped the rains from coming down at God's command. And then he called down. He had a showdown with the prophets of Baal. And he said, okay, let's have a little deal here. You build an altar. I'll build an altar. Let's see who God answers. They, they do all sorts of stuff all day. God, their God never answers. And then Elijah prays, and God sends fire down, licks up the whole thing. Elijah then was on the run, and um, the queen, 
queen Jezebel wanted him, had a bounty on his head, dead or alive, she wanted him. So this is Elijah and all that he's been doing. And then Elijah, God tells Elijah, I want you to go find this, this man who's going to become your replacement, okay? So your end is coming, your work is about done, and I want you to go to, and I don't know why God did this, but he called another guy called Elisha, okay? Confusing, yes? Elijah comes first, and Elisha, because J comes before S, okay? Elijah comes first, and Elisha then comes after. So God tells Elijah, go find this guy. He's going to be out in the field. He's going to be working. Just go find him, because I want you to mentor him. He's going to be the next prophet of Israel. And this is where this passage takes up. So 1 Kings chapter 19, 19, and I want you to see and hear what Elisha did. So Elijah went there and found Elisha, son of Jephat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. That, by the way, was a sign that there's something great, and you're about to step into it. Elijah then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elijah left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah and become his attendant, eventually become the next prophet of Israel. I love this story because it's right where we're at this morning. When God calls, it's going to cost you something. And for Elisha, it cost him his career. It cost him his farming. And the price that Elisha was willing to pay to follow God's call in his life was he could never go back to that again. And what did he do to show that he could never go back to that again? What did he do? Killed the oxen, burnt up the plow, and gave the meat away. Can't go back to this life. Kiss mom and dad goodbye. Bye. Never going back to that life. But if you read ahead, and you can, go ahead and read through more of 1 Kings, 2 Kings. Elisha's willingness to follow God led him to some unbelievable things that I think any of us would love to experience. He got to see his mentor taken up into heaven. Gone. He got to see God give him a double blessing. He got to see all sorts of things. He actually became almost a greater prophet than Elijah because he was willing to step out and follow God to the point that he was willing to burn his plow, cook his oxen, and leave everything behind to follow what God was calling him to. God is still inviting us into his work And if we want to see what God can do, we are going to have to consider some adjustments in our life, and then we're going to have to step out in obedience to experience Him and to experience all of God's incredible work in our lives. I want to give a special thank you to everyone who helped out this morning. So thanks. Let's give a round of applause to Rich. He was the greatest helper. Thank you, Rich. Appreciate that. Uh, Jesus did a good job. Good job, Jesus. Okay. 
You played piano wonderfully this morning. Even our toll booth operator, way to go, toll booth operator. You know, so thank you for everyone who participated. I hope you online were able to follow along. And here's how I want us to end this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand up, and I want to pray a prayer of blessing, benediction over all of us. So I would like all of us to stand up. Because here is the deal, folks. What we do in church, what we do here, is not all that there is to Christianity. This isn't the total sum of our spiritual lives. At least I sure pray and hope it isn't. The reality is, we become Christ's people when we step out of those doors. When we go into the world, when we start to live our day-to-day lives. When we hang around with our family, when we go to work, when we go to the grocery store, we are on mission for Jesus Christ at that point. The only time you're not on mission is when we're together right here. When we're celebrating and worshiping and gathering together as God's church. But as soon as we leave, we are God's church scattered. We are God's church on mission. And so I want to pray a prayer of blessing and benediction over you as you go out and you start to follow what God is asking you to do on the mission field. So here is my prayer. Now as we head into this week, we are heading into the very work that God has called us to do. And Father, I pray that you will be faithful to fully walk with us as we walk in obedience with you. And I pray, God, that you will find us willing to make the adjustments necessary in order to be living in obedience to your will in all that you call us to. I pray that you will empower us by the Holy Spirit to take the steps of faith that are necessary for us to stay and walk in your will day by day. And Father, I pray that we will have opportunity to see you work in and through us as your kingdom comes to advance, not after we die, but in our day-to-day lives, in the reality of where we live. Amen.